Why are you doing this? I just felt like running. Welcome to Runners of the Corn Podcast, a podcast about all things running in the Midwest with your host, Jen Heller. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Everyone signed? Yes. Good. On we go. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yay. So, Andrea, how are things going? Great. What do you got going on tomorrow? A race. A race? Where are you going? Chill Billy. At Camp Wanaconda. Yay. And we helped you by carb loading. Oh, yeah. I got some Rattler here. Yay. It tastes like a stout. Yes. (laughs) Can we hear that on there? Yes, we can. (laughs) Is that martini count as carb loading, too? It does. And who is that voice we have with us? We have Matthias with us. Welcome, Matthias. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast. So what's new? What's, What's new? What do we got? So I have that. You have that. What do you have? I have news. She has news. I have news real quick before we talk to Matthias. Sure. What's you got? I have officially pulled out of Potawatomi. Oh, no. Yeah, that's it. I'm out. I did let Jerry know because I did talk him into doing it. (laughs) To do it with you? (laughs) Yeah, poor guy. I'm like, I better call him before I announce it on the podcast. And just remind everyone what what the distance is that you pulled out for because that's a big one. It's 100 miles. And just having some health problems, and I just thought it was probably in the best interest in my health to, I couldn't toe the line healthy. And I, I can't train. I can't get ready. So I'm like, you know, I'm not ready. It's a smart thing to do. Yep. Uh, I am going to keep running and training for that terrain. Mm-hmm. I plan on showing up and pacing my friends. I, I plan go. on, yeah, I'm going to pace Jerry um, and be there for him. So you'll still get the race experience by being there and hanging out with everybody then. Yep, exactly. I, I'm not going to miss out on the fun. So that's Sweet. my goal. Okay, so let's pretend that we're listeners. And why wouldn't you just drop down to a different distance? I wanted the hundred. You know, I did think about that, and I still think about that. But I, I, my mindset is just I'm stubbornly stuck on the hundred miler, and I will come back and get that. Yep. So and now I'm just like I can't do it. So I'm just going to give myself as a pacer volunteer and just. It's fun being a pacer. I've been there for what three years pacing. Yeah, I feel like I yep. need to be there for him since I I suckered him into it, and we were gonna we were gonna run the miles together. So I'll be there. I'll be there for him. I yeah. paced a couple times. It's so much fun. You are a pacer, though. Well, yeah, that's kind of my <laughs> He's thing. He's a racer, it? too. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we do need to talk about Potawatomi and yeah. how many oh. miles you did last year. Yeah. Yeah, just a few. That was sick. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that many. Not as many as the person I was pacing, though. Mm. That's true. Yeah. That so I feel like we're starting tradition. We did start off at Crystal Cork again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's addicted to those wedding martinis. Oh, they I are got her so good. Crystal Cork in Dixon, Illinois has the amazing martinis you can get like a flight of them yes. and try different ones yeah it's it's pretty tasty and I they try. do have beer for those who don't like yeah martini. like somebody like me i tried the martini it was okay but not really my thing you made such a scowly grinch face at the martini <laughs> i want a beer but that's okay i'm simple i'm a simple man that's all right. All righty. So we have Matthias with us, the famous Matthias. He is part of the Yeti Trail Runners. And you've heard us talk about Matthias plenty of times because he's paced both of Andrea and I. So he's had to put up with our shit. So welcome. Hey, I get to see the dark side. <laughs> now We won't talk. No, we will. We, we said anything goes. You can share. That's fine. We're great, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Everything was wonderful. No, come on. (laughs) 
Do I want to ask that? Like, how were you? You were good. Oh, I was great. Everyone heard my story. Yeah, except for the episode, quote unquote, that I got to be part of. That scared the hell out of you, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. That was very scary. I didn't scare you. No. See? But it was entertaining. Oh. (laughs) Entertaining. Yeah. It was was a good time. All right. All righty. So I've got questions for you, Matthias. Sure. What do you got? Andrea's just going to pop some questions, you know. Okay. There, right? Oh yeah, I'll just listen and chime into what who, I don't know. Yeah, who is Matthias? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do when you're not running? Who are you? Well, I'm originally from the area. Uh, I was actually born up in Freeport, and then when I was a couple of years old, my parents moved down here to a farm, and I was raised on a dairy farm. Dairy farmer. Yep. Oh, so the hardworking farmer, I guess you could say. Yep. I've had. Well, I didn't have. We didn't have dairy cows. We had uh, meat cows. Okay. Well, we did Holsteins actually. So. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's. She's the cow whisperer. Remember that was from a, oh, a yeah, few previous right. episodes. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I am very familiar with cows. That wasn't my favorite part. My favorite part was getting in the tractor and driving around. I like that part. A farm boy. So when yep. you're doing it on the tractor, what are you doing? Like driving, turning the steering wheel. Yeah, but stuff like that. Okay, you're not just on a tractor like driving up and down the farm. Like, are you like in a cornfield? What do you? What do you? Whatever needed to be done. You know, doing the plowing or spreading shit around. Yeah, yeah. Doing that, you know, harvesting, picking corn. Okay. Chopping silage, stuff like that. Wow. So mowing hay, baling hay, whatever needed to be done. Hard work. He learned good work ethics. That is. Oh, yeah. And that's where a lot of my work work ethic comes from. I always say, you know what? You want to get fit? Farm fit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where it's at. We all yep. kind of from a farm. That's oh yeah, exactly. Right? There's like a pattern going on here. So <laughs> we've is. got farming and engineers. Because I was I was talking to my husband about the the last podcast we did, and mm-hmm. your husband engineer. Are you an engineer? I do engineering stuff. But that's not really my title, but, but that area. Oh yeah, his brain works like an engineer. Okay. It yeah. for sure does. And so, and the joke is I like to do, I used to like doing math. I didn't tell that in the last podcast. It, it relaxes me. I thought she was going to say I like to do an engineer, but. Oh, geez. No, I can't say that. My husband's a police officer, but he is an accident reconstructionist who does math and he really loves math. Well, so kind of, you're I mean, engineering a crime scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of math involved. There you go. So. Sure. You can say that. I mean. But no, I like stretch anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The gutter goes everywhere. (laughs) Especially after some martinis. All righty. What else? Uh, What do you want to know? Well, I mean, you just, did you go to high school here in Dixon? Okay. And basically never left. Never left. I'm fairly conservative. I don't take huge risks. So kind of stay in my comfort zone, I guess. Status quo kind of guy. Yeah. Unfortunately. I feel like that just depends though, because you're listening... You have people talk about like running and biking and stuff. You did. That's pretty big risks. Not really. When you, when you train yeah, for talk it, to, you prepare for correct, it, and you put those correct. lists together like I put together. Oh I'm yeah, ready for them. Yeah, I hope that's in here about your about your um. It is it's spreadsheets like, it's and like whatnot. Right here. Yep. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, so that that's coming up because Greg Sturdy had that question. Yep. Oh yeah, oh, yes, yes, definitely. Right. Yeah. Right there. Yep. <laughs> definitely. So what else? Do you have hobbies outside of running? I work and I have a couple of children. Children are not a hobby, but that does take up a lot of time. They take up a lot of time. I have a good friend of mine who is a farmer. Practically, his farm is actually adjacent to the farm I grew up on. So I go out and help out him all the time. 
And it brings me back to my childhood. So he lets me drive the tractor and spin circles around in the field. And I love it. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then uh, for that service, he lets me hunt on there. Oh, nice so, little trade. Yes, exactly. So, so hunting is your other side hobby. Yep. I like that. And then I've been working on fixing up my truck too. So. Okay. Do you bow hunt? Yes. Okay. Yep. Deer? Yes. Do you, do you ever hunt any coyotes? Have you ever hunted any coyotes? I have gotten one before. Nice. That's a thrill. Little bastards piss me off. <laughs> I was trying to get my dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they 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 hurt deer population, so that we uh, deer hunters don't like that. No. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So you got into ultra running. How yep. did that happen? Like, how did you decide I'm going to drink that Kool Aid? You know, I was as most startup runners do, you know, you get on the 5k bandwagon. It's like, okay, you know, and you have running goals where you're like, I want to get faster at my 5ks and you start reaching your goals and you're like, all right, now what's next? So you get to the 10ks and then the half marathon and it's like, okay, what's next? Well, this Yeti group was not really Yeti group yet. It was the Meadows Monster. Keith put on the Meadows mm -hmm. Monster as a duathlon. So I found that. It was like, oh, that's local, you know, and got into that. And he's like, hey, we're going to be doing this Yeti series, this winter series. You know, we're going to start doing these practice runs. So I started doing that. And I was like, man, that's a great way to maintain my fitness through the winter and keep me motivated. Your fitness so, for what? Running and staying in shape. Okay. Because I had lost 40 pounds at yep, that that's point That's what I was time. trying to poke yeah. at. Yep. So, <laughs> it was, so it started, was it like a weight loss thing? Was that like, you're like, oh, I'm going to. Yeah, there was a weight loss thing at work. Uh, that I participated right around in 2010 and running was one of the methods I used to really help accelerate that weight loss. So that's where, you know, you start running and you want to gauge and measure how well you're doing. And mm -hmm. I tend to be competitive. So starting and to run. He's very competitive. <laughs> that we yeah, go there. <laughs> a little bit, you know, so, you know, it's like, okay, what's next on the list? And the, there was the Yeti series and so I did the winter Yeti series and you start hanging out with all these Yetis that, and you listen to them talking about doing 50 Ks and 50 milers. And then somebody mentions a hundred miler and you're like, oh my God, why would anybody ever want to run <laughs> 50 miles other, you know, hundred miles or 50 K and that starts digging into your brain a little bit. And after a while you're like, you know, that might be doable. So uh, I don't remember what year it was, but the skunk ape was the first 50 K I did. And then two weeks later I did the 50 miler at Padawatomi, but it was just stepping up to that next distance, the next challenge. Cause you know, five K's and 10 K's just get old after a mm -hmm. while and the marathon, yeah, that just sounded horrible. So you did really good though at that 50 miler, didn't you at Padawatomi? I did fairly well. I did okay. He did good. I was there. So yes, you did good. <laughs> yes, you were there because you were scared to come pace me. I was and I scared. don't know why. So how good did he do? Like, did he like get in like, I don't know if he placed or anything. I don't remember any of that. I didn't place top three. Ten something. Nine something. No. Eight something. No. I don't have any Where did idea. you place? Did you place? <laughs> I placed No, six. I meant time. Oh. I meant time. 10.01.38 to be exact, I guess. Yep. Not that I remember or anything. <laughs> he literally was so fast. He asked my sister and I to pace, and we're decent. And we both looked at each other and like, hell no. No. You guys would have kept up no on way. my final lap just fine. Yeah. A little intimidating. But <laughs> even at that first 50-mile ultra, started showing my consistency. From first lap mm -hmm. to last lap, I was only 10 to 15 minutes apart. Well, when he <laughs> offered to pace me, I said, are you sure you want to be with the turtle? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. So, and then what? When was the first 100 miler? Uh, that was actually hindsight. So I was signed up for Kettle for- Your race. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's how it all started. So mm-hmm. what was it? 2020, I got into Kettle. The year we all said, screw it. Fuck it. We're doing it. <laughs> well, Yeah. So I was wanting to get into Leadville and I was looking at a bunch of races leading up to Leadville that I could use as training races to help prepare for getting into Leadville. And obviously I did not get in, but in the meantime, I was signed up for hundred K at Kettle as a training race. I did not get into Leadville. So I emailed the race director and said, Hey, can I step up to hundred mile? This is what my intention was. This is what I wanted to do. And she's like, sure, no problem. Just pay the difference. And I was like, yeah, not a problem. And I signed up for Kettle 100 Mile. And obviously, we know what happened in 2020. The COV unmentioned Mm -hmm. just kind of took over the world. And, you know, races weren't really canceled right away. We're just like, well, let's just ride this out because it was the two weeks of flat and a curve and all of that stuff. So races just got postponed. We'll put a later date and then we'll put a later date. So a lot of people were training and hoping the races were going to happen, such as myself. The writing was kind of on the wall after a while that, hey, you know what? These things just kind of aren't going to happen. So Nathan and I got together and said, hey, you know, me, you, and a few other people have all this training that we really don't want it to go to waste. Let's put something together that is kind of a fat-ass style event and let's run our own hundred mile race and we'll put a few other distances in there and we'll bring a bunch of our friends and people and yetis together and let's do our own thing and have some fun. And then we'll give everybody medals and Hey, well, at least we have something to say we accomplished the distance and to put our training to use. And that's what we did. Great. I love it. I obviously I love it. Yeah. You, you were there. I you was did a hundred miles. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just sitting here going, so we did our hundred miler. <laughs> The same weekend. Cheers, my my friend. Yes. Cheers. Uh, so I'm like, oh my God, we did the 100 mile the same weekend. We why, did. Why didn't that not register with me until just now? I don't know. And I, I to well, me, it was, for me, it was honestly, 2020 is a shit show. Screw it. I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody trained so hard. It's like, hey, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, and, and we did. I think, I don't, I think we had like maybe 18 finishers of various distances. So it turned out really well. Everybody had a really good time and it was great. I got so emotional almost when he gave me the 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 medal because I was like, you had to do like his course to get the medal. And I was like, I'm not doing the course because I trained for Hennepin. Yep. I was training for Hennepin. Right. So I was training on flat. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do your course. I'm just going to do my own thing. But I want to be with, with you guys. Right. So I'm just going to do it the same day, but I'm going to be out there the same day, whatever. And he, you respected it. You were like, yep. I get it. You're, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. You didn't care. You're like, I get it. You're you're trained for flats, you know, whatever. So, I, I mean, I did the meadows. Um so I did like meadows and loops and then the bike path, which was really monotonous and boring. And, um, but we, we did it and it was a good time. I mean, I, it was yeah. great minus the weather it was mm-hmm. a little chilly, but. And wet. Wet. Yeah. I mean, it rained for a little while there. 40 some degrees and rain. Yeah, for about seven hours. Yeah. I, every loop I'd come in and be like, is it, gonna, is it done raining? And Scott, my husband, Scott said, stop asking. It's going to rain right. all night long. Considering earlier it, the day before it was only supposed to rain for like an hour or two. And it didn't stop. I know. And I, it was terrible. And then, uh, yeah. And, and then you gave me the medal and I was like really emotional. I was like, oh, you didn't have to do that. I well, love it. that was our original intent was 
okay, if you want to come out, do whatever you want. Just come and hang out. You can come do distance. You can come do some laps, whatever. And our original intent was, okay, if you were going to give out medals, we weren't asking for a race fee or anything, but we'll provide you guys medals. And it was going to be for only people who did our official course. After the race, I was like, you know, in the spirit of what we were trying to accomplish for the race in 2020, I think it's fair to give everybody a medal that actually completed a distance that we had set up a medal, regardless of whether you were on the course or not. Because at the end of the day, you actually did accomplish that distance. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We decided let's just get a medal for everybody that accomplished the distance that day. So kind of jumping ahead of my questions and not going in order. That's fine. Hindsight. Yes. Let's talk about it. Sure. It's happening again this year, right? Yep. When's and it happening? September 24th. Okay. Should be the day. So are we going to have a sign up for that possibly? Um, yes. But, uh, we've normally just kind of had it as a fat ass style event. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to make it a little bit more formal so people can post their finishing times and yeah. actually have a little bit of a sign up. Um, I mean, we've stepped up last year and actually got a buckle to our only 100-mile finisher. Andrea got so, her 100-mile buckle. That's right. Wait, 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 the wait, one wait, and wait. only with a buckle so I far. love it. I'll wear it anytime anyone wants me to. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. So I, I'm debating it. Um, so uh, what, how, what's the distance on the loops? So the loop itself is 7.8-ish miles, depending on how your watch calculates it. Do you know the elevation gain per loop? Uh, I do have it right here. Uh, It's 450 feet per loop. So it comes out to about 58 foot per mile. So it's relatively mild. Yeah. So for a whole What was your total for 100? Probably around 5,800 feet, somewhere around I had over 6,000. I had almost 7,000, but maybe that was just my watch. Yeah. Everyone's watches a little well, different. when you fall down and get up and fall down and get up, you get a lot of extra feet Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's a good loop. It's got some single track on it. It's got some gravel path. It's got a lot of grass path. A couple of okay-ish hills, but nothing real severe. It's just a good mix of everything. Uh, there's a couple of spots where the footing is not so great. So it's not an easy course, but it's not a hard course. You know, we have an aid station right in the middle. It's just a simple water station, but, you know, it's not far from the start finish. So your crew can go down there. Yeah. The crew can see you a lot. That's what's really awesome about that. And it's fully trail. Correct. There's no pavement in that. Yeah. Except where you cross the actual path. But other than, yeah, like 10 10 steps. steps. (laughs) (laughs) So um, a person who's interested in it, they can, they can come out and have their car kind of set up as their, their own personal aid station as well. Correct. As long as we don't have too many people there, uh, we can, you know, they can park right on the backside of where we set up and then, yeah, their aid station can be right out of their car if they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're pretty open to what they want to do. It's more about just getting people together and having fun and, and not being so strict about things. Cost. What do you got for that yet? Do you know? Not for the uh, last year. It was $10, but we're going to stick with that theme of being very affordable. So Something uh, around there. I think you should pay more if you're going to get a buckle though, right? Actually, buckles aren't that expensive. (gasps) I I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, because all these other directors are not going to like that. I know. RDs are going to be like, don't let out our secret. Yeah. 
But yeah, for those of you feeling guilty about taking a buckle on ten dollars, don't worry about I it. I didn't feel They're, guilty. Yeah, right. You earned it. <laughs> I was like, you better give me that buckle. <laughs> hey, I got my ten dollars worth out of the entertainment of the race. Oh, well, we'll circle back. <laughs> we'll circle back to some training tips on that because I've got a whole lot of questions for you on training. Sure. But I have some more questions for you. Balance. You want to share? How do you balance family, work, and training? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you work full time, right? Yep, you I work full time. You have two girls. Yep, I work full time at my main job, mm-hmm. and then I have a side gig where I work a few hours a week. Okay, and then yeah, I try and do some hunting in there, you know, which that takes a little bit of upkeep throughout <laughs> yeah. the year. Yeah, and You're busy. I help my buddy out with his farming, uh, which the previous year I didn't get to go out there too awful much. And yeah, the running. So you just got to fit it in when it makes sense and, you know, make things work. You kind of have to have a schedule and know when you can do the running and when you can't and when you got to be home for dinner so you can spend time with the family. Mm-hmm. And having a great wife at home to accomplish a lot of those things helps out a lot too. Shout out to the wife. Brownie that, points. Yes, Heck exactly. Yeah. Can't leave that out. No. no. I know. I'm Especially like- since she listens. <laughs> Well, she's part of our group too. Yes, so we all, she is. We're all friends, so I yes. feel like that yeah, and I think makes she, it better. She does understand, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. sure it's hard. You know, you're like, hello. <laughs> I well, know my spouse gets some time. I have to be careful and, and, yep. and do that balance. And it does feel like it's a balancing trick. You, I mean, you, Andrea, you have kids and. and oh, yeah. It's not easy. You I mean, have like a slew I have five of them. Kids. Yeah, right. five yeah. kids. I mean, yep. like, ugh. That's, that's gotta be hard, but, but you do I it. mean, Kurt runs too, yes. so we can run together, but he used to not. So that was like, Ooh, right. Mm-hmm. That now that hard. he runs, he understands a little more. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> or yeah. he's like, let's go run. <laughs> yep. I, have, I have a, what do we call a non-running spouse who does not understand? Like you're running again. Yeah. And you're like a nag. Yeah, <laughs> I think he said, if you're not going to be running, can we plan a vacation? I'm like, just because I bowed out of Potawatomi does not mean I'm not sure. running. Sure, which running vacation did you want to go on? That's exactly. <laughs> which is a whole other conversation because I'm like, okay, so Potawatomi's out. So where are we going in the fall? Because right. I am totally looking for a fall race. Yep. So uh, I said, no, I'm still going to Potawatomi and I'm still going to be training. Oh, you have to go to Potawatomi. It's a... Yeti party almost down there. Yeah, his face is like, oh, <laughs> he'll like it. He can come down too. No. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to um, no Leadville. Yeah, that was a little bit of a disappointment. I was pretty psyched up about it. But I think there's still a lot of rollovers from 2020 that are in the list. So the number of lottery spots that were available, I think, was down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that I know that, didn't get in this year, but we'll move forward to next year, put back in the lottery and see what happens. I think too, you just have to give a quick, what is Leadville? Cause when I first came and my sister's like, I'm doing Leadville. I'm like, right. what is Leadville? We, and we I do, don't even know what it is. We have to remember, we have listeners who are brand new, who are coming in, who've not sure. done 50, who are maybe have not done their first 50 K yet. Right. Um, right. Or Leadville's just a town. So when you say that, you're like, right. what? What's a, what? What's so Leadville is, to me, is the Mecca. Almost. Western States, to me, is the Mecca Mecca. Right. But it's secondary of yep. 100 miler. Oh, my gosh. This is, well, Colorado, to me, is this the place to go. Yeah. It's Leadville is a town in Colorado that was an old mining town. The mining 
closed down and a couple people in the town said, Hey, we need to bring people to town. Uh, tourism is probably going to be how we keep our town alive. And they created this hundred mile race back in the mid eighties. So it is actually one of the older hundred milers in the U S that is still going. There's Dixon PD and I'm saying hello. As tradition. <laughs> there, they are. there we go. <laughs> yep. Okay. Sorry. Yep, that's all right. And one of the things they have to offer out there is a very tough race and it's at very high elevation. Uh, the lowest point in the race is like 9,600 feet goes all the way up to around 12,600 or 12,800 feet. And that in itself makes it very tough and it's very beautiful out there. Just even staying out there for the three days to help somebody with a race is it's an amazing experience. Which you've done. Yes. I've done a couple of times. Yes. And it, I, I've loved every minute of it. And the atmosphere. Oh. It's just, I know when they told me I couldn't even grasp it until you get there, you're like, whoa, this is really amazing. It is. the it, It's electric. Yeah, oh, that's a perfect word. Yeah. I mean, I, you're bawling. We're we're all bawling at the opening ceremony, or yes. was that what you call it? I'm like, and the fin- And golden hour finish. Yeah. Oh. What an amazing experience. It is on You're overly list. tired, yep. and then you're just bawling <laughs> yep. at everybody. The emotions are flowing. <laughs> I need somebody to get in and take me because I'm like, I want to go experience that. That's so awesome. God damn it. (laughs) When I I get in, there you go. We're taking you and the podcast with, because I'll be like, hit record. There you go, right? (laughs) Oh, that would be way cool. See how that goes. We're just going to live cast We're coming to you from aid station outward bound. (laughs) I love that. That'd be fun. There you go. Mm -hmm. Or the general store. Oh, that yep. would be amazing be really at Twin cool. Lakes. Mm-hmm. Just oh, go yeah. live. That would be oh, awesome. Yeah. And he would probably like that. He probably would. Yeah. Dreams. Lots of dreams. There you go. Goals. Goals. 2023. Here we come. Hey, if you guys are listening and you let him in, we'll come podcast from there. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> hint, hint. Just one more entry. Just one more. Yeah. Just another guy who's going to finish. Yeah. He totally will finish. He doesn't know how to say no. He won't. He doesn't know how to stop. No, he doesn't. I'll just Not keep yet. recording. <laughs> uh, so if anyone's got an in on that, we'll take it. There you go. All right. So that's Leadville. So you didn't get into Leadville. That was kind of like your your big hope on that one. So yep. I'm so yep. sorry. But what are your future races? What are you looking at? Because Leadville didn't happen. So as soon as I found out through the email that, unfortunately, I was not in Leadville, I signed up for another lottery. I will not say yet. But the sign up ends tomorrow. I'm sure a couple people will figure that out right away. And then I'll find out within 10 days if I get into that. And if I don't get into that, I think I have another one picked out. Uh, I just have to get on my calendar. There's a few days that might conflict, but uh, I've got a couple of good ones picked out to choose from. So today is, uh, we're recording on January 14th. So Correct. January 15th, the lottery ends. So by the time this airs, it would have... Um we're going to air this on the on the Wednesday, so it'll that will be correct. Then. Yeah. So by yeah. the end of the January, I think I will have it figured out what my fall race will be. So for my spring race, well, obviously it's Potawatomi Hundred. If we haven't said that yet, no, we didn't. Oh, we didn't get into that yet. No. Oh well, man, we've done all this talk about Potawatomi, and you never said, "Oh yeah, I'm doing the hundred. <laughs> kind of just. Oh, well, that one's not secret. No. Is so. is there? I know something about it though. I Is know. that a secret? I was going to try and bring that up oh. to you. Oh, boo-boo, uh, I brought yeah. it up. So how do we talk about that? There's a secret about Potawatomi? Well, 
A little bit of a race within the race. Oh, yeah. What yeah. is it? Do we want to talk about it? Are we talking about it? We Let's can. talk about it. I feel like it's because this has been talked he's, about for he's, months. He's waiting for this. Oh, yeah. Who? Oh, yeah. Who? Nathan? Nathan. Does he listen to the podcast? Yes, he does. Oh, so he will hear this. So, does, uh, so for those that don't know, Nathan Castillo, who yes. we've... Hi, Nathan. We've Math- Matthias and I have paced for several races. of his races, yep. his big races. And it's always yes. been fun. So he joined the Yetis in what, 17, 18, 2017, yeah, somewhere, around, somewhere there. around there. He Whatever started coming to the Tuesday Hill workouts. Yep. And he started drinking our Kool-Aid pretty quickly. Yep. And so that uh, that's in the fall, those Hill workouts. So pretty quickly he was signed up for the Yeti series. And it was a lot of fun that year because we were matched so closely Oh, yeah, you guys races. talk about all that. Yeah, so we would finish seconds within each other. Basically, we were running. Do we oh, have a... There's We Jeff. have Jeff. Yep, Hi, Jeff's hi, taking our wait. picture out here. <laughs> Hi. The last time you didn't have a picture or whatever, so I was... Yes, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Bye. <Yep. laughs> yeah, so Nathan. So, we, Nathan. you know, we would race the Yeti series, and oh, it was so much fun that year because we'd be so close every race, and it just made it fun. So, basically, ever since then, we've always been pretty close uh, on speed and distance. Uh, there's a few races yep. he'll get me at, and there's a few races I'll get him at. So... We've always kind of joked around. He's done Potawatomi 100, Potawatomi 150, and I always joked around, I'm going to come down and beat your time at Potawatomi 100. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this year I signed up for Potawatomi 100, and I told him, hey, you better be ready. I'm going to race you. And he's like, challenge accepted. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, bring it on. So we'll see how that goes. It could be anybody's day, though. So you're going to race them? It'll be kind of a race within a race. I mean, if we're smart about it, we'll race our own race, but we are racing each other. It doesn't matter what we say. It's going to happen. And you both race very differently. Yes. So we kind of do. Yeah. Even though you're both like the same speed. Yes. It's going to be. We both have a different cool. approach to it, I guess. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. But it's fun. And it makes it it fun for a lot of the spectators. Well, that's what happened for my 50-miler with me and Jason. Yeah. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That That was really fun. Oh, my gosh, who's out front and where are they at? Jason at at Potawatomi? Yes. At the 50-miler? Yes, when I did my 50-miler, it was myself and Jason Carter. And I don't remember, somebody else was doing 50 miles that day, too. You guys were racing, basically. Yeah, I don't We didn't race it. But, you know, we had a goal time, and we were just out there doing laps. And while I was fairly consistent, Jason is even more consistent because we get to later spots in the race, and I call him the Mack truck. Yeah, He just keeps on rolling. It's amazing. I watched him do it at Mines of Spain 100, and mm-hmm. I was blown away. I was superiorly impressed. And so for Potawatomi 100, at one point in the race, I was probably 16 or so-ish minutes ahead, and we only finished like four or five minutes apart. While I didn't fall off a lot, he never fell off at all on speed. And so he came steamrolling back mm-hmm. and he said, he's like, yeah, I pushed it on that last lap to try and see if I could catch you. It and was it made really it, awesome. Yeah. And you? it made it fun for everybody. It was really fun. So having that race within a race uh, just makes it fun for the spectators. And we hope we give them a good show. I, it's well, going to be awesome. Especially because like Jason, we don't see him quite as much as we used to. Right. I mean, he's still running and stuff, but he was around 
everyone is training at the same time. So yes. it's, it's like, oh, you want them both to do good. But it's like, exactly. Ah, <laughs> What's going to happen? Right. Who's going to do what? They, they're they asking about each other. So they're kind of racing <laughs> each other now. And yeah, it, it was it was awesome. It, it was it amazing. Was awesome. I'm where, looking forward where, to this. Cause, where's Jason at? And then he'd be like, where's Matthias at? Yeah. Because now yeah. I, I plan on going to pay. So I'll be coming in. Who's ahead? There you go. <laughs> I know, exactly. right? Yep. Watch, they'll be together the entire time until that last loop. <laughs> right. And then it'll be like, oh, crap. Well, I kind of figured that's what would happen when we did our hindsight together. And had, we were for the first yeah. four loops. Yeah. I have predictions, but I'll keep them to myself. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got predictions. Yep. But like I said. I already said I'm taking bets. I told them I know this like are. a couple of weeks ago. Whoever's taking a bets, months ago. I will put my cash to you and I'm just <laughs> whisper it and we'll just leave it at that. Well, you were taking bets on another race too, weren't you? There was supposed to be another race. There are some side bets going on, ladies and gentlemen. I, I would just like you to have. I always just, got a bet going on. I know, about right? Just I let me know. <laughs> Make some cash on the side. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. A little gambler over here. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a dream race? I don't know. I kind of do. Obviously, Western states would probably be at the top of my list, and Leadville is right underneath of it. So if I were to do either one of them, I'd be really excited. Um, Even after I did Leadville, I would still want to do Western states. So Western states is probably your top. Yeah. I mean, that's the most well-known one in the U.S., I think. Would you ever go overseas? Um, I've given it some thought, but I don't know, maybe, you know, I'm not interested in doing UTMB or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Not really. Do you think you'd ever go over a hundred miles? What's that? Do you think you'll ever go over a hundred? Probably not. I mean, Nathan did the 150 and it's like, no. You've been sticking to that answer. I prod him about it every once in a while. Yeah, you do. (laughs) And I just... You know, usually people like get to the 50K and I'm never doing anything more than that. And then before you know it, they're doing 50 mile. And then before you know it, they're doing the 100 mile. And I, and I was on that same bandwagon, but I've gotten to this 100 mile and it's just like, you know, that is a good distance. And there's a slogan out there that the 100 mile is the new marathon these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of where it's at. And I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I guess I wouldn't say never. But never I think, say never. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I'm happy with where that's at. Now, maybe if I get a wild hair at my butt and I want to go do Badwater 135, maybe, but to go out and do like a Moab 240 or Potawatomi 150 is probably a pretty good negative. I really wish I could do the Moab. Oh, uh, that's on like my bucket list. Maybe someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I just want to visit Moab. I better do the say that first. It's beautiful out uh, there. It's but gorgeous. I'm like, Bitch, you did bad with heat. I don't think you should do it. <laughs> I'm like, oh. well, I'm talking to myself. We both did. Yeah, we both did bad. I'm like, oh. to be honest, we weren't prepared for that heat because it wasn't supposed to be hot. No. So we weren't, you guys weren't really trained for it. So we should have been. We were running in the ran summer. all summer long. Yeah. It's a mental thing, kind of, though. It's a mental game. It's like, it's not supposed to be hot this day, you know? Yeah, I wasn't mentally prepared for it to be as hot I as I like it, it to be hot. I usually do, but I was not. <laughs> Unlike my 100 this last year where it was super hot. Oh. Yeah. Man, I was there. I kettle and I was like, this sucks butt. And I was volunteering and then they're like, hey, you're going into pace. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you end up pacing? 
I got out of it. Oh, did you? Well, I mean, I would have done it, but then they said, he's got pacers. You're fine. You don't have to. It was oh, okay. Jim Bris- Briscoe. Okay. Okay. And I said, he's like, I need you. And I'm like, I'll be there. And then he's like, I've got three pacers. I'm good. I'm like, thank God. I didn't want, because it was hot. I totally wanted to help him. Yeah. But I was like, this is miserable. It was super hot that day. Yeah. Really hot. Oh, yeah. I was, I was watching the, the thermometer. Yeah. Oh, crap. I think the the I real standing there. <laughs> yeah, the real temp was like, what, 92? 93 yeah, that day. Yeah, it was really bad. But the real feel, they said, got up to 107 at one point. Yeah. I, I was standing there volunteering and I was miserable. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I can't imagine moving. The, hu- <laughs> the humidity was atrocious. Yeah. And that, so actually, moving probably helped just because we had a little bit of that wind a little bit on us. I don't know. I don't know. It was terrible. I was prepared for that, though. Yeah. I went out and was ready for that heat in the sun. Yeah. You did some those. weird. Like training with that. Remember out there in the middle of the sun on the way to Franklin Grove, those back roads. Oh yeah. 16 miles of purposely wearing a long sleeve shirt with my pack on, getting out in the dead heat of the day, middle of the sun to prepare for the mental aspect of being out there and just pushing through and getting my body used to that a little bit. So I was ready for the race because a lot of people said, Hey, you know, kettle's not that bad. But what gets most people is the five miles out in the meadows when you're out in the blistering sun and there's no wind out there. And I kind of took that to heart. And I got to thank everybody that told me about that because that made a difference in my race. You're like, not today, Satan. That's right. <laughs> Let's get this done. <laughs> so, so Greg Sturdy, okay. speaking of, yeah, said, hey, can you ask him? I got a question. All right. How is he so disciplined? I want to know how he's so disciplined in both his pace and your aid station and like, you know, like how you just like in your aid stations, how are you so disciplined in both when you come into the aid station and your pace, I think in your training, I think, you know what I mean? And, and then is this a personality thing or is this something you practice? I wanted to answer him, honestly. Right. I was like, I know the answer to this because I know you, but let's let you answer It's that. kind of both. I think my personality leads to it, but it's the personality that leads to the preparation for it. So to have success in an aid station, you got to have a plan at that aid station. So one of the things I told Andrea, you, and I tell Nathan, it's like, when you're coming into an aid station, be ready. You know, being out there and running all those long miles, you're getting bored anyways. You're trying to think of things to think of. So when you get a mile or two out, start thinking of what do I need to do at this aid station? Start formulating a plan and putting it together. But for me, it starts way before that. I'll have a plan for my aid stations even before I get to the race. Um, a lot of that comes from the Ironman training I was doing. So when you're an Ironman, you do the swim, bike, and run. And in between those, you have what's called a transition, where you transition from your swim to your bike, and then you come in off your bike, and you transition from your bike to your run. Well, you got to have a plan together. you got to have things laid out in a certain order. So when you get there, you're efficient. You're not fumbling with things. You already know what you're going to do, and you can get in and out of there in a good amount of, you know, in a small amount of time, I guess. And you practice that. So for these long runs, when I do like a 50K training run, I will actually practice what I would want to do at an aid station when I go to fuel up for my training runs and say, okay, I want to have these things ready. I want to have them laid out and labeled in these certain ways. And when I walk in, I'm going to do these certain things and I'm going to walk back out. Now, I'm not going to do it as fast as I can, but I'm going to make sure I don't waste time doing that. So my motto has always been, and you guys have heard it, is be productive. 
So when you're in aid station, remain productive. Don't waste time. You know, if that productive time takes you 10 or 15 minutes, that's okay. As long as something's being accomplished, but just be disciplined, have a plan, know what you need to do. You know, you're always going to deviate from your plan from time to time, but be ready for that and plan for that and just get in, get out. As far as my pace goes, the next part of that, um, I do a lot of what's called zone two training and that has benefited me a lot in that it has allowed me to allow my body to adapt to a comfortable pace. And within that, I have been able to adapt to that feel of that pace. So when I know I go out on a run or I go out on a race, I guess, I know what I should feel like when I'm running at a certain pace that I know I can maintain for 100 miles. And I don't have to constantly look at my watch or I don't get too excited and go running out fast because I've done the training and during the training, I'll look at my watch and say, oh, I'm going too fast. I need to slow down. And after doing enough of that, you get adapted to that and you just, you kind of fall into that zone. I don't know how many times I heard you, your little voice in my head, matches, matches, matches. Oh, the match theory. Yeah. You want to share that with everyone? Cause I think new runners need to hear this because I think the biggest mistake a lot of us make is when we start off, we start off way too fast right. and we do not have the energy to finish. Correct. Well, that's one part of it. So starting off too fast or when you're going up a hill somebody will burn a match because they go up a hill harder than they should have. Burn a match like how? You have so many matches in the matchbook. Exactly. So I don't remember where I heard it from or where I read that from, but somewhere I picked up somebody, probably on YouTube, Mm -hmm. that made the analogy. Think of your race like you have a book of matches. And every time you do a hard effort or you push up a hill real hard, you burn a match. And you only have so many matches in that matchbook for that race. And if you burn them all up early, you have nothing left for the rest of your race. So you want to burn them really slowly as you go through the race. So at the end of the race, you don't want any matches left, but you don't want to burn them up all super early. Right. You know, like you go out too fast for the first 30 miles of your hundred and then the last 70 miles, you're like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Because you just burned up all those matches early in the race. You know, same way with, you know, if you go down to Potawatomi and every lap, you know, if you've got 15 matches in your matchbook and you burn 10, 10 matches going up hills on your first lap, well, you're going to get halfway through your second lap and you're going to be like, oh, I'm almost burned out already. That analogy has worked so well with yeah, me. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that. That analogy, really from you. oh, that's I had never shared that no. with you before. Yeah, oh, that wow. has worked so well now because I'm like, oh, okay, don't burn them all up. Save right. a little mm-hmm. bit. And then when the time's right, you can burn the match for this one. Yeah, that's, right. that's worthy, you know, or whatever. And I definitely use that for hennepin because I was like trying to be careful to conserve them. And okay. I wanted a lot, you know. And, you know, when somebody's like, oh, let's just run. No, I got to I gotta save my matches. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you do. Yeah. And and I don't know. It, when I heard that, it struck with me and it made sense. And I've applied it ever since. And, yeah. I'm all about analogies, though. So mm-hmm. to me, that would, it to, when he did that and he said that to me, I was like, that clicked. It really clicked. And I feel like newer runners, I mean, I'm still new. I feel like to ultras. And oh I, yeah, I feel like I'm still new. And, and you, we you all never, still feel new. yeah, you never stop learning, but right. I feel like that's something newer runners. And I see it a lot of times. You seem to take off and you're like, Ooh, you're going to feel that later. I mean, right. even I mean, we just did the Yeti 10 K and I saw some people take off in front of me and I was like, mm. and then you pass them later and you're yep. like, I caught three of those. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I was passing some, and I was like, "You got to, you got to hold her back a little well, bit, you know." Because the last what 50, 60 miles of your Hennepin one hundred, all you did was pass people constantly. Exactly. Yeah, and all those people were flying by me in the beginning. Yep. See you later in the end. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it pays off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Why burn it all out in the beginning? I don't know. So going to the new runners who may be listening, that's one of the things is don't be intimidated by us, maybe some of the seasoned runners, because we're all still learning too. Nobody has this thing really figured out. You know, in the ultra world, everybody is still trying to figure things out. There's That's what keeps me coming back to it is there's still something more to figure out, figuring out paces for distances, paces for different races, you know, fuel you know, your hydration strategy, your calorie strategy. And that changes sometimes. Oh yeah. yeah. What worked for you three races ago for might sure. not even work for you anymore. So now you're doing more yeah. research to try and yep. figure it out yep. all over again. Well, and like Greg was telling us, like, you know, he gets caught up, you know, you get caught up in the beginning, then he just stops and take pictures in the start so that he can get rid of that, that start energy uh-huh. because you get caught up in the beginning and oh, you, yeah, do, you, and, do. you do, in all the energy of go, 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 go. And you feel like you got to do it too. And you see it all the time. Yep. in start the races. Everyone feels like they got to compete and go and, and, and you're burning everything up too fast. And he, so he's like, I just stop and take some pictures, right? take my time, you know, because then you're going to get rid of, you're going to lose that energy and let it go past you. And then, you know, all those people that were flying past you, you're going to pass them. Yep. You're going to pass them later. And even though I'll finish closer to the front of the pack, I'll start mid pack Mm -hmm. because the first few miles of pace, that's what I want my pace to be. Mm -hmm. And it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, and, but then I'll just carry that pace. And all those people that were in the middle of the pack, most of them, that's probably too fast for them. And then they'll just kind of fade away. And then I'm already locked into that, that comfortable zone. And then I just carry it through. Well, and I think you always make a point of saying, I race my own race. Oh yeah. Never race anybody else on a long distance like that. Unless you're an elite and you're going for a win or something. Absolutely. And even then you should, if you're wanting a finish rather than, putting everything on the line to actually finish, you race your own race. You race with your training under you and you pace yourself for that race and how you think you should be running that. And you just don't pay any attention to anybody else Mm -hmm. around you. That's hard though. It's very hard because you get Mm -hmm. caught up and you get excited by everybody around Mm -hmm. you and you want to kind of keep up to them and, but it usually fails. That's discipline. That's a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of talked about hindsight. Do you have any training tips for those who are just going to start off with that or coming into hindsight? Where, where should they train? I always try and train for the course. So if you're going to be racing in the heat, you train in the heat. If you're going to be racing on the hills, you train on the hills. What's nice about our race is it's got a lot of everything. So go train on a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of great training methods and plans out there on the internet. So go find one for a 50K if you're going to do a 50K. Find one for a 100K if you're going to do a 100K. And, you know, same thing for a 100 mile. But also be realistic about what your goals are. Be realistic for what your abilities are and pick a training plan that matches that. What? Yeah, that was the, what are the options, the distant options with that? 50K, 100K, and 100 mile. Okay. Yep. Awesome. So Jerry had some questions. Sure. Actually for all of us. Okay. So... He was asking, what does it take to start a race? Start a race as in like, like putting it on? Mm-hmm. So like RD a race? Well, for Nathan and I, it was because it was a fat ass event. It was just kind of putting it out there and say, hey, we're just going to do this. 
come join us. Mm-hmm. And we took it upon ourselves to kind of loosely organize it. And it just kind of took off from there. But uh, there's a few things that go on to putting on a race, you know, organizing it. If you want to do a timing system, having a timing system. Mm-hmm. If you want to do bibs, bibs, uh, sign yeah. up, something for sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he asked I, about Grismo a little bit. And, I, yep. you know, that one's a little bit more, uh, been a little bit more complex because it's at a state park. Correct. So. And then uh, the big one is insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to find an insurance provider. Sometimes that can be hard for these types of events, but they're out there. You just got to mm-hmm. do your research. Yep. Luckily, we have a very great local resource that helps us out with that. Who is an ultra runner herself. A- exactly. So that so. makes it super easy. Mm-hmm. And then getting permission from the landowners that you're going to be on, whether yep. it's a local park or, you know, a state park or a federal lands. Well, you know, or pri- private lands, you know, you got to have permission to be there and to actually host the event. Unfortunately, state parks, how do I say this? They take a large percentage if you do it at a state park. So it, it's a big chunk. Yeah. I don't know if every state is like that, but here in the state of is. Illinois. Yes. Yeah. So, but if you are, if you do them with friends of, it's different. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like with Franklin Creek, it's part of the association. So they are a part of this. So um, it's part of the association with Franklin Creek. So that's who is a part of the Gristmill Grind is association. Okay. So I'm probably even wording that wrong. I don't know. But Franklin Creek Association, you know, friends of or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that same thing with Hennepin that Michelle does. Because Hennepin is a state park. She doesn't have to give a big contribution to Hennepin State Park. But the friends like there's a, a you know what I mean a friends of or a whatever trail committee or yeah, something like that yeah and now there's another one and so okay um so anyway it, it that makes it easier a lot easier to put on yeah. an event with like with gristmill grind 10k um which is two weeks oh my gosh two weeks it's like prior. second weekend in September or something like that yeah we're like September I have to, like 10th 11th yeah, it was the weekend before. Two weeks before. In hindsight. But now it'll be this, two but this weeks week, before. That's what I was saying. So it's it'll be the two weeks. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be two weeks this time. Yeah. Um, we, we're going to have like our first meeting. Um, we just, we're, we're going to have like, we just put in plans for our first meeting for it. So we're going to put that in place and we'll put something out here soon about it. But, and, and that one is where we have a committee. So for that one, mm-hmm. we have a, a group that meets once a month for the race. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so... Well, that's how a lot of race organizers do it, too. Yeah. They, they, they'll have a group and they'll have a committee and yep. they'll, yeah. they'll have meetings. And there's and, a lot that goes on, you know, to put a race on. And yep. so you... And then you're trying... You got somebody who's trying to get all the volunteers and then you're trying right. to get permission and yep. the insurance, the, the bibs, the, the swag. swags, yep. um, Stickers, where are we, we going to get the swag from? Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a lot. There like, can be a yeah. lot. Yes. Yeah. Depends how simple you want it or how complex you want it. I relate to fat ass. Ones, so yeah, they're just super simple. Mm-hmm. They can be easy. And a lot of times, most of the people that show up are from your local group and yeah, that's what makes party. it fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Greg's thinking about putting a, Badass event together. I pro- I don't know if it's okay to say oh, that. Oh, Greg. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. I'm like, let us know. It's not official yet, but yeah, I, I don't feel like anything's official lately. 
<laughs> Hindsight's not official yet. Gristmill, Pintum's not. So what are your thoughts? Hours versus distance for newbies. Cold weather running. Most important gear. Like stuff for brand new runners. Like we've got new listeners who are just starting out. I mean, we have new people getting into the Yeti group. Um, ones who are just, I mean, and it's a really big accomplishment. accomplishment. Ugh, hello. Accomplishment. To do your first 10K, first 15K, 20K. And they're looking at us like we're crazy. Yep. And I saw somebody say, well, it's only a 50K. Don't ever, ever say that. Be proud of it. Yeah, that can be a little harsh to somebody who's coming from the 5K or 10K world. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're like, only 50K? Are you kidding me? I would never dream of doing that. I think I'm I'm proud of anyone doing anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they're off the couch, they're being active, and hopefully they're enjoying it, and, Mm -hmm. and they're out having fun. And I think all of us are like, we will clap and applaud you doing whatever distance. Yes. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. Like, (laughs) God, we, we love all distances. Yeah. You're getting out, being active, being Mm -hmm. part of a great community. So what advice do you have for those people? So you asked about hours versus distance and it all depends on what you have. Um, I know some people, they, they only have a certain amount of time available. So you train for the time you have available, say I've got one hour to run today. So you run for that one hour, regardless mm-hmm. of the distance you run out half an hour and run, run back to your vehicle or your home or wherever you're at. Um, some days you're like, I have all day, so I want to hit a distance. I'm going to go out for, a, you know, for me, a long run is a 22 to 26 mile training run. I'm going to go make sure I get that. Sometimes I have different goals for that training run. So I might run faster or I might run slower and I'll pick different terrains. It all depends on what race you're training for. And what your lifestyle allows you to put in. Mm-hmm. So there's not one that's better than the other. Yeah. I mean, if you're uh, really constrained by time, then think of your training runs as time. Don't say, I have to go put two miles in. Say, today I have half an hour available, and if you only get a mile in at that half hour, that's better than not going out the door because you said, I only have half an hour. Absolutely. Just go out and put that half hour in. Sure. You know, that's, be- you know, that's better than saying, well, I just can't go today. Well, and being flexible. Life exactly. isn't rigid. You have to be flexible. Otherwise so, you're going to get derailed. Especially and- for you and I, where we've got families at home yep. that, yeah, we've got a lot that we've got to We constantly, with. I felt like, because Matthias helped me kind of rig my training plan around. Uh-huh. We bounced them both back, but yep. forth, yep. but just threw just ideas back and don't forth. Don't be rigid. Right. <laughs> with it. And I a fluid plan is important. Yep. Right. Yeah. As Courtney Dwalter said on one of her <laughs> podcasts, it's that, you know, somebody asked her, Well, do you have your plan laid out day by day? This is Tuesday. I'm gonna go out and do this run today. And she's like, No. Mm-hmm. I just get up today. I make my coffee. And as I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and I tell myself, This is what I feel like doing today. And she says, it's like, there's a little bit more structure to that. She knows what types of runs and which runs she has to accomplish within that week or within that couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So she's only has like three or four different runs that she needs to accomplish that week that she has to choose Mm -hmm. from. But if she feels like doing the long run that day, she'll do the long run. Or if she feels like, you know, I feel like speed work today and I still have to do that within this time block, she'll go out and do that speed work. Because she's listening to her body and still being disciplined. And you that know, that's, too. That's yes, important. That's very important and also. That's really important. And so anyone else, I have health issues. I have a lot of health issues right yep. now. And anyone who's dealing with health issues, that's key. Yep. So for right now, I have taken my 
training plan and tossed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go Courtney DeWalter style. Yep. And whatever you feel yeah, like doing I'm, that day. Yep. I'm going to wake up and go, mm, this is what I feel like doing. Yep. And I'm going to go out with my stuff. Like I might go out to Castle Rock North Trails, take everything with me in the car and will I go for 10 miles or will I go for three? I don't right. know. I'll get out there and then just kind of wing it and see. And if I feel like getting going out there and getting more, I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? And I, I think you make a good, really good point with that. But people need to realize that doesn't give you permission to be lazy. Correct. And say, yeah. oh, well, I don't feel like it. No. You still need to get out the door. Yes. It's my muscles are fatigued. I need to realize I need to not do as many things. Or to do a, a recovery run. Correct. I'm super tired. Mm-hmm. I know I need to do a run today. But instead of going out and doing a 10-mile tempo workout, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to do a, a three-and-a-half or four-mile recovery zone two workout, yep. get my legs Low moving, effort. get the lactic acid, finish flushing that well, out of my muscles. I would muscles. say if my legs are really hurting, I'll go for a walk because I need walking miles too. I yes. mean, I'm going to walk my 100 miler. And that's so. very important. That's something we haven't brought up for those longer distances. Yeah. Don't forget to train to walk mm-hmm. because <laughs> a lot of us, you know, two, uh, sometimes two thirds of your race could be walking depending on the terrain or <sighs> how good you are at running. Yep. So don't forget to train your body to walk. I and learned I see that a lot the hard of, way. I, le- I see a mm-hmm. lot of people fail at that. Mm-hmm. I need to train to run, 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 run. Mm-hmm. They'll get halfway into the race and all of a sudden, you know, they're burned out a little bit and they're doing a lot of walking and their body actually gets burned out mm-hmm. from walking because their body's not used to walking. Nope. Different muscles. It exactly. hurts. Yeah. I did that. It's hard though, I think, to give yourself permission to walk during a run. When during you a are, training run. Yes. yes. When you are like set. I'm a runner, I'm a runner, I'm a runner. Yep. And people look down on that. Well, oh, you walked half your run? Well, a lot of people look at it as, well, if I'm walking during my training run, I'm not gaining anything. Exactly. You know, people look at, oh, I need to be gaining speed. I need to be yep. gaining endurance. I need to be gaining I admit, I was and... one of those people. Yes, you so were. I was very much one of those. You were upset when I told you you have to train to walk. Yeah, that pissed me off. <laughs> 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 but now yep. I'm, I'm a good wa- walker. Yep. Yeah, we, we're about very out of, good walker. We're almost, about out of time. I can't uh, we believe can keep it, going. but oh, we well. could. Yeah, I have a real. I want to add something to this. I didn't sure. put on here because I have heard this a lot, and I keep seeing this kind of getting on the on the Facebook a little bit. You oh know? boy, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, somebody said, "Is that even a thing?" And I think you two are the perfect two to say, "Yeah, it's a thing." Junk miles. Oh yeah, oh, we had man. this conversation, didn't we? I remember the Andrea. first time I heard junk so files, we, I wanted to kick someone under the table. Yep, All she right. about <laughs> punched me. So we currently have a challenge in our Yeti group for getting 500 miles. And what I'm seeing is people trying to get 500 miles. Correct. And unfortunately, we also have these same people signed up for Potawatomi. Right. And what I see people is going out and getting flat, easy miles because they mm. want numbers. Right. And what they need to go out and get is quality miles. So they could, I mean, if you're going for a challenge like that, and that's really your goal, you're going to get quite a few junk miles in there, but don't forget to add those quality miles. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I talked to Andrea about is you don't need a lot of miles. You need good quality miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always get comments from people when I have my races, oh my gosh, you must train X number of miles a week. <laughs> and I tell them, well, no. no, I only actually train half of that. And they're like, really? Quality. I say, I, I run quality miles over 
quantity of mm-hmm. miles. Yes. So when you have these types of challenges, it's very hard. These challenges are really great and it will bump up your fitness, but don't forget those quality miles in between those other miles just to finish out that challenge. I think we can even go down a whole rabbit hole with that. Because I was going to say, you know, like if you don't have a base training, we're going into these quality miles with a solid base where we can go and throw down 10 miles at a without walking or thinking about it. Where you have some people, they're going to have to put those flat, do more miles because they don't even have a base yet. But to them, those other miles are quality miles. That's what I'm saying, but they're right. going to have to put more miles in. But could right. you imagine yes. <laughs> doing all your miles on flats because you're like, oh, I got all these miles. I got all these miles. I'm doing flat. And, and then, then you arrive to Potawatomi and you're like, like oh, oh, my goodness. What's this? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a whole other avenue you could talk about, too. Cause it is. I don't is. think you should just sign up for any race without knowing. Mm-hmm. I, I just I that is a concern. I, well, I yeah, we could get ourselves in trouble <laughs> yeah. there. No, but I see it, and you know, I I did the Yuska training, and mm-hmm. it was a really big thing in my coaching training where you really want to teach your athletes quality over quantity, mm-hmm. yes. because it's a big suck zone that it a is. lot of athletes get into is quantity, 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 and they're not getting quality, and it's yep. not just quality miles. It's quality fitness. So we're talking not just quality miles. The cross training that it's goes It's cross with it. training. Thank yes. you. Because you need to not just get miles. You need to get your ass into doing some cross training, some core fitness. You need to get ready. Oh, it yeah, makes the, a huge difference. Yeah, the core mm-hmm. workouts yeah. are very important. Why is this like, I can't? you can't get this in people's skulls though. So, yeah, <laughs> us, a lot of people think that. You know, I only have so much time in my lifestyle. It takes like I'm 15, gonna, 20 minutes. Yeah, but I right. think you two people let you. I love to run. That's what I want to do. I want to do that. I want to do that. That's where I'm going to put my time. Or they say, I'm signed up for a running race. I only yeah. have limited amount of time in my lifestyle. And to get the most out of this, I mm-hmm. need to run every mile or every minute that I have available that they're like, well, I don't have time for cross training because I got to get ready for running. So right. I'm going to go out and run. But you guys know it takes like what, 15, 20 minutes to do a good, decent core? Right? Yeah, you I can mean, do a core workout or and lift a few weights just yeah. to get your body ready. And it's great to, you're still getting a good workout and strengthening your body, but you're not putting on the pounding on the pavement or pounding on mm-hmm. the trail miles. So you're giving your legs and feet a rest. And they need a rest. They yes. literally, we understand that, that's that. a whole nother rabbit and whole hole taper thing yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rest, rest, rest. But I will <laughs> add this though. One of the Protein. great cross training <laughs> things is cycling. Take a day out of the week and cycle Mm -hmm. because it activates your leg muscles and activates the blood flow in your legs and your feet Mm -hmm. without the pounding on the joints. Yeah. So I love that as a great recovery. I actually uh, feel better if I'm really sore from a run. I'll get on the trainer or go for a bike ride for 20 minutes to half an hour and do an easy bike ride, and I feel amazing afterwards. I love getting on the trainer. Yes. Getting everything moving, and then I'll, I'll hit the weights. Yeah. I love doing that. And yeah. that's I, good. People just need to know. Yeah, I feel like you feel guilt when you're doing a training plan you to do that other stuff, and you don't. Because you're like, oh, I'm taking away from my yeah, running. I'm not gaining at, anything. You're not, gaining more by doing cross-training, cycling, yeah. whatever is you're doing, And then focus walking. your miles on those And that's where that comparison miles. thing needs to stop, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, and I feel like it's easy then when you get in those challenges. I love a challenge. Mm-hmm. My golly, do I, I love oh, a challenge. Oh, yeah, you do. Well, I created, but, I created a challenge on Strava, uh, and I'm on the bottom of it right now. And I'm, I'm like, not even in it anymore. Oh, that one. Matthias yeah, I didn't do that one. Either. We had I thought maybe you were talking about the challenge before. Well, I'm on the Strava <laughs> challenge, and I'm, and I'm looking at it going, fuck it. I'm not... 
I'm not. I'm like, right. it, it is. Well, I, I got too much other stuff I got to focus on right now. Like, yep. I don't care. I yeah. don't care. I, I love the 500 mile challenge because it gets, it really gets people out the door to put more miles in than they normally would. Especially when we live here and it's Yeah, cold. but if you're, exactly. if those people are training for Potawatomi, you need to like focus on some quality. Correct. Yeah. But it's also good for them to get out and get extra miles that they normally wouldn't have anyway. So it's still a benefit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, you know, it is. Definitely, definitely. And if it motivates them to get going, oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, it, yeah. It's still a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing yeah. watching these people accomplish these things. Yes. Because even myself, I won't do the 500 miles because it's 200 miles for what I want to do. And it doesn't fit quite right into my training plan and the yeah. time I have available in my lifestyle. But to watch all these other people mm-hmm. do it, I, I love it. It's great. It's amazing. It is. It yes. is. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Don't forget your quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make sure you're mixing up those miles with yeah. good quality miles yep. and your different running workouts. And you can take a while to accept those quality miles. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrea, and, and get over the fact that you were called you were doing junk miles. <laughs> junk miles. What are you talking about? All right. So we call you Coach K. That's your nickname. Yep. <laughs> Coach K. She started it. I stole it. Yep. <laughs> that was a totally a joke because he was being it too was. bossy. <laughs> and it, okay, Coach K. Yep. He's like, he's got a hat with his name on it now. He is Coach K. I'm like, he walks in the door. I'm like, hey, Coach K, what's up? (laughs) I'll take it. It's okay. I had him coaching me for Potawatomi and he's been relieved of his duties. However. The next one will be there. I am going to sign up for a fall race and you're going to have to get me ready for that. Yeah. So (laughs) will you be official coach someday? I've given this some thought. I know you want me to, um, (laughs) but- you know, me, I'll sit down and push, put the pencil on the paper and push some numbers around. And for me, the effort that it takes to do it versus the monetary value that I would get out of it, I probably wouldn't do it officially, Yeah, but it's rewarding to do it. I, en- I do enjoy doing it, but for me to put that much time of my day or of my week into it, yeah. For me, it doesn't make sense because I can go do other things I, yeah. that reward me more monetarily than doing that. I totally understand. I have my coaching certification. I'm not coaching anyone. I'm like, yeah. I pulled it. I'm like, I don't feel like dealing with anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, eh. yeah. It it is a lot to ask. Yeah. So you know, I was like, okay, so what can I charge somebody to do yeah. this? And I'm like. Well, I know what some people charge, and I would feel guilty charging yes. an average person. That I don't want much to charge money. anyone. I don't want to charge anyone. I would because it's your you love to. It's do my it. passion. Right. I will, you know, if somebody came to me, I don't know if I want to put this on a podcast, but you know, I will help you, or I'd be like, I will do it if you volunteer somewhere. Oh, there I would, you go. I would yeah, do it for trading. Sense. Yeah, there yeah. You go. I would do it if you go volunteer here or there. I would yeah. do it for a trade, but I do it. I, I give advice to friends whether mm. they take it or not. I know mm. some people, they listen to me. But I listen to they, you. Then they don't. They I go don't out and do listen. their own thing. Well, I okay. So <laughs> to, to be clear for the podcast listeners, I have been listening to, and I think it's been great. I have been taking advice from both um, Matthias and Andrea. And I think it's been amazing because having um, a woman aspect in a guy's oh yeah you get two different views it's been great and you can put those two together and mesh them for what works for you Mm -hmm. so you take the parts that 
And then finding sense out you guys people. argue and about my stuff has been hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> we'll That's go so for funny. little trading runs and be like, Did you, what do you think about this? You right? told her what? Do you think what? About this? You no. told her what? Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't like that idea. So Jen will message us separately and ask us the same exact question. <laughs> yeah. And then and Andrea then, and I will go run together and be and like, oh, hey, Jen asked me about this. Oh, yeah, she asked me about this. What did you tell her? Well, you I told her this. And most of the time it's like, well, that's exactly what I told her. Yeah, me too. And then the few times not though, yeah. it's like, yeah, you're going to go and you're going to straighten that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. But that's good. Cause you know, we're both learning from it too. Well, so. I finally yeah. just decided to put you guys in a group chat. Like I'm like, I'm just going to talk to you about you. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, that's if it, It's like, go ask your mom, go ask your dad. So I'm like, I'm going to pull out a pot oh, of water. Oh, is that like the, that the second time we got the mom and dad thing? Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, With Nathan. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. God, that was. Well, that was. I'm, yeah. I'm like, do I have your permission to pull out a pot of water, me? <laughs> All right. Yep, 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 yep. I think it's, I think it's appropriate for me to pull, which you guys are That like, one was voluntary by her. It yeah. wasn't voluntary by the Nathan. Oh yeah, Sorry, you guys Nathan. agreed though. I, you, but you guys agreed. You guys agreed that it was probably a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I really wanted to see you do it, and I know you really wanted to do it. Yeah, but I, I think it was a good choice. It kind of takes the pressure off of you to have to make that decision now, and it also takes the pressure on you off of you so you can focus on health, your health. Yep. Yeah, which so. hopefully we have good news on that. But exactly, and then we're gonna do a fall race. Yeah, I, you know, I know you were a little anxious about all these races filling up, Ugh. but when you start really looking, yep. there's so many races out there that yep. aren't filled up. That are the smaller races that have more of the, you know, small hometown vibe to them anyways, that are all over the place and you'd be more happy at one of those anyways. Getty road trip. There we go. Yeah. It might be one in our future this fall. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, we're looking. I we're know. not going to say just nope. yet. We'll nope. announce it eventually. Mom's but the word. Mom is the word. <laughs> That's not going to be announced tonight. So do you have anything else to add tonight? Uh, let me look at my list here. No, I guess. The spreadsheet master over here with his, <laughs> his oh, little cheat sheet. Is it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that helps me with my races is, you know, you guys all kind of tease me a little bit about no, it. Oh, it but, works for you. You know, also from the triathlon world is put a race plan together. Yeah. So another tip for the newbies out there is one of the things I'll do is I'll know what race I'm signed up for. I'll do as much information on it as possible. I'll watch some YouTube videos, you know, go to the race website, see what they have to say about it. You know, learn what the aid stations are, learn what the distance is between them, and then actually put a race plan together and actually write it down. Mm -hmm. So I have my preparedness list that I use pretty much for every race and I'll tailor it for different mm -hmm. races a little bit, but it has my supplies list on it. So I don't mm -hmm. have to think and remember that stuff every Which time. Which you have a very nice list for packing and yeah. Yeah. I've, it's been a few years in the making and I, and I still add a little few things here and there and I tailor it depending on if my nutritional needs change, stuff like that. But, um, you know, have a plan for those aid stations at this aid station. I kind of plan on doing this and you did that for Hennepin. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I plan on doing this for the race. I'm going to do this pace because I feel like this is what I'm going to do. Just kind of have a general idea and actually write it down. So it sinks into your brain a little better. So when you get to the race day, you're like, I can relax a little bit because yep. I've got this figured out already. It's all planned mm -hmm. out. Yeah. yeah. And when you relax, you race better. Right. I've done the willy nilly before. 
where you just, oh, I'm going to show up and I'm just going to take some gels here or there. And it following a plan works much better. (laughs) Especially on those longer ultra races. It makes such a huge difference. It does. Yeah. Thanks for all the tidbits for the newbies. You're welcome. Yeah, that was great. I felt like, oh, we could... Oh, we could have kept on on going forever. We really could. There could be a part two of this. Yeah, I feel like there could be a part two. So maybe uh, listeners can submit questions and we can do a part two. Yeah, we could. That would be fun. I mean, really, if anyone has questions for newbie questions, they really should let us know because we could always do more. But other than that, I have nothing else for you, do you? No. Great. I think I'm good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. It's been fun. Yeah, it was fun. Have a great night. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Runners of the Corn is brought to you by Stonebridge Running in Dixon, Illinois. Stonebridge Running has everything you need from running a 5K to 200 miles, walking, or standing on your feet all day long. Stop into Stonebridge Running for all your walking and running needs. Thank you, Stonebridge.